Stadia podcast, your weekly show where we round up all of the video game and Stadia news for your listening or viewing pleasure right here on youtube.com forward slash Helix Cloud Games or up there on your podcast preference of choice in the digital cloud. You're joining myself, Chris, one of your hosts for this week's show, alongside the man of many pixels, Mr. Richie. Good evening. Good evening. It is an evening, Richie. We should point out we are recording this extra, extra early. Wednesday, it is a Wednesday, right? The 20th of April, it is. It feels like a whatever day. Um, We've got plenty of news. We've got a great show lined up for you all. We're going to be talking about the leaked pro games because Stadia haven't officially told us about them at the time of recording. Uh, We've got some new games they have announced but didn't add into the blog with the pro game news, which they didn't tell us about. You get where I'm going? Uh, Who knows? Who knows? knows? (laughs) We've got new Star Wars, we've got Sonic, we've got some DLC, some expansion plans, and much, much more to talk about on this great show. But before we do dive into all that, don't forget to like the video, subscribe, and hit that bell so you are kept in the loop with all of the amazing content we bring you here at Helix Cloud Games. Like our weekly live streams where we play games like World War Z Aftermath. We might be playing upcoming games we're talking about in this very show. We may have even tweeted out a teaser trailer video about what to go watch. Uh, but if you need to be kept in the loop with all that, follow us on social feeds. I'm at CyberChris2077. Richie is at... At RichieC89. Tom is at LP, And the channel is at Helix Cloud Games. We're on everything. We're on Facebook, Instagram. We don't really use it. We're on TikTok. Don't even use that at all. Don't expect, yeah, don't... Don't expect any floss dancers from me or Richie at this time. Maybe Tom. Maybe Tom when he's had a drink. But not quite if yet. We get, if we get 10,000 um, followers on TikTok, we'll do a video. That's not going to happen, I can say that right now. Um, we're over on Discord, of course. We've got a wonderful Discord community. If you've got any questions for the show, if you want to just join in the conversation with fellow gamers out there, Stadia players, cloud gamers, uh, jump in. The link and every, all the information that you need is in the description below. But to bring it back around, Richie, the reason we are recording a few days early is because I, unfortunately... After two and a half years of trying to He's avoid... He's got the plague! Of trying to avoid it, I, I have indeed tested positive for the dreaded coronavirus that's no. been going around. And here we are, yeah. and I have light symptoms. I'm okay. As, as of the time of recording, folks, I have a tickly throat. My sinuses are a little bit heightened, to say the least. Don't have a headache. Feel a bit chesty, maybe. It's a kind of similar symptoms to a cold. I am triple vaxxed. Yeah. I do believe I actually had it back in 2019 before before it was cool, before the cool kids <laughs> had it. I had it back before it was even a thing. Um, so just as a precaution, Richie, I've got my orange juice. I've got my... Uh, magic pills. Magic cold and flu tablets. And for the rest of the show, just to be extra safe for our viewers and listeners out there, I thought that... There's something I do want... I just realised I want to point out is because I was ill last week. Yep. I've at no point did I t- I tested positive for COVID, and I also haven't seen you since like Tom's wedding, so I didn't pa- so I didn't get Chris Hill. No. Just in case anyone's wondering. No, uh, I don't know why. I've I've very much. I'm still working from home at the moment. Uh, I still wear masks and stuff when relevant. So yeah, I do my shopping like everybody else, but you know what? It's one of those things. It can be from absolutely everything. But touch wood, at this moment in time, I'd like to think my 32-year-old body is still capable of fighting off this. Um, but we wanted to get this show in the bag, so we didn't miss a week. Because remember, this is episode 135. That is 135 weeks consistently. This episode has dropped on a Monday morning, 8 a.m. UK time. We've never missed a beat. YouTube podcast, all of that rigmarole. And we want to keep that going. So I thought before I 
before my body and soul leaves me and drifts away in, into the, the ether, we'll get one in the bag. And thankfully, Stadia, through some channels, have been kind to us this week. And we've got the news early. We have our pro games. As I said, we're going to be talking about all that and a bunch of other stuff. But yeah, just wanted to get that out the way in case there's any big news that suddenly drops between Wednesday and Sunday, Saturday, when we usually record. Hopefully not. We might get a blog post Thursday in the past, but uh, we will pause for a brief moment in the show to try and segment it in. If I'm still alive and well, we can jump back in and edit that in the show, but yeah, we'll I get to be fine. I think be I'm fine. hoping so. I'm, I'm quite confident. I'm not usually a sicky person, so I'm hoping it's just, uh, yeah, plenty of fluids, plenty of rest. Apologies if I cough at all throughout today's show. I'll try and muffle it. As we can. I put a mask over the microphone. That's how it works, right? Yeah. Digital. Yeah, to stop it, go- stop it going through the internet. Yeah, of course. Get E-virus. The COVID computer virus. E-virus, exactly. But uh, obviously, take care, everyone. Look after yourselves. Be careful as much as you can. And uh, do get your vaccine. It's uh, I could be much, much worse right now, for all we know, if that was the case. But you know what? Two years in count. Almost as long as this podcast, in fact. I've gone without having it. So 135 episodes, I'll take it. But we digress, Richie. Let's get to some gaming news. Uh, we did an amazing live stream in the future, in the past now. Uh, this past Thursday, right here on Helix Cloud Games, we watched... Uh, yes. We watched... I was going to say watched because it's called Episode 3. We dove back into World War Z Aftermath for Episode 3, Moscow. Location, uh, not our decision. And uh, we fought off some more hordes of zombies. And uh, we had a great time with you, the wonderful community out there. Of course, if you're looking for a game... Uh, online on Stadia, why not jump into our Discord? We've got an entire thread for teaming up with other players just like yourself. If you're finding it hard out there to find a multiplayer game, jump in there. We've got a thread dedicated entirely to teaming up with other gamers out there. Uh, But if not, join us on a Thursday. We've always got spaces in the roster. Everyone's nice and they're happy to rotate out. Richie, did you have a great time playing it this Thursday, even though we've not played it yet? Yeah, I did. I think I did. Um, do, do you remember that moment that I, I did? It was awesome, epic, and like everyone applauded me oh, for it. Oh, that grenade! Oh, yeah, that that Perfect. grenade that I bounced off the back of your head and blew myself up. That sounds like something. That's how you usually goes with my grenades. That sounds like something you would do. Uh, yes, World War Z. Of course, we still play that. We still have Deliver Us the Moon lined up. Whenever they actually deliver us the news of, of what the hell's going on with that, we're now, we're now ticking over into the back end of the month, and we're yet to hear anything from. Y Productions or uh, Kyoken or the Stadia team yet so a bit of communication would be nice guys you've put out multiple tweets you've put out multiple blog posts since then just a sentence that's all just say we're still working hard on fixing it or maybe gives a time frame but we all know what roadmaps are like in the clouds Richie well they're going they don't need roads so they don't have roadmaps cloud maps Makes are sense. they a thing uh, probably yeah pirates read the stars People on roads have sat nav, Google Maps. You know we need a meteorologist. That's what we need. They'll know. Must, yeah, people must read the clouds. There must be some word that fits that. If you know what yeah, the meteor- word is for it's reading meteor- the clouds. Meteorologists, the weathermen. We need a weatherman. <laughs> they know about the clouds. Yeah, that's what we need. Bring in the weatherman. If you're a weatherman and you want to join the podcast, let us know. Or woman. Or woman. Or, woman. or dog. Where the dog would be cool. Or whatever. As long as you can speak English and you understand the weather. Yeah. That's all we care What's about. What's the weather like, Scooby? Woof. Anyway. We digress, Richie. Games, games everywhere, and we're here to talk about them. So, Richie, do us the honours of introducing us to the... The Super Sexy Special Stadia Story segment, a.k.a. The News. <clears throat> the News. As I said, very generously given to us early this month, I guess. It's only the 20th at the time recording, and through, through hell or high water, we know some of our pro games. 
Yeah, I wasn't expecting it next week, to be honest, the progress. I was as well, because if we look if we look ahead to the calendar, uh, this show goes live on the 25th, which means uh, it is the 1st of May this coming Sunday, which I figured that meant we would have got it later on this week. Uh, now, again, there is some interestingness that goes around all of this, and... That kind of comes in the line of Stadia haven't announced the pro games yet at the time of recording. Uh, we we did know we did know I guess one of the pro games and that was the Lumot Mastermote Chronicles, which is to, due to release this week. However, it's set to come to Stadia Pro. It's actually if you go over to YouTube and just search out the trailer, it says in the description coming to Pro in May still, and uh, it did stay in one of the Stadia blogs. We've mentioned it on previous shows that this game is scheduled all intense purposes to be coming to pro so don't buy it this month folks if it comes out in a few days time do not purchase this game because it's going free on pro imminently also we think because as i mentioned we did have a blog post this week richie and within the blog post they neglected to say anything about the pro games um they recapped on golf with friends which launched last week they mentioned a few free trials, which we covered on last week's show as well. They mentioned the little nightmares, the Axel City races, the Dragon Quest uh, free trials. They dropped the information about Dark Side Detective DLC, which we also covered. We're quite ahead of the curve when it comes to news. And yeah. for some reason, they also went back and told us there's a 30-minute free trial of Pac-Man Megatunnel Battle, which obviously came out well over a year ago now. So the blog post in itself, very thin on the surface because they neglected to mention anything about the pro games. However, they then did their traditional press release, which goes out to 9to5Google, and I'm sure every other game website who pretty much straight up ignores them. And our friends over at 9to5Google actually gave us an update, and it turns out that three pro games are confirmed, and they're a pretty decent bunch. Uh, also, there may be more on the way. So this isn't just three and out. We should expect potentially to hear some more. So at the time of recording, as I said, we've got Lumot the Mastermore Chronicles should be confirmed. Second of Bridgie, your favourite game. Speaking of dog weathermen, we've also got Paw Patrol in the form of the Paw Patrol movie Adventure City Calls game, <clears throat> which is the uh, 3D platformer. Again, family game aimed at a younger audience. Um, yeah, like you play a bunch of the different uh, doggos and you you basically solve puzzles, mini quests, you complete races and such uh, to stop the selfish schemes of Mare Humdinger, which I think is a brilliant name, and Save Adventure City. I guess we know that one's coming. I'm actually I'm actually okay with things like Paw Patrol coming and the Pro because I've got I've got four nephews and the oldest is three, so that. Maybe, maybe I think three-year-olds probably a bit too young to really start playing games, but not far, far off. Like, and Paw Patrol could be a great game to like introduce them. Yeah, so I think have some fun time with that. I think it's a, it's a great game. Again, we said time and time again that gaming's for everyone of all ages, and you and me and a lot of our viewers and listeners probably started at a young, young age with with games far worse to some degrees than this one in terms of the mechanics and gameplay probably the 99,000 in one like, things. oh yeah certainly so it's a great get and again it opens that audience up to other people it goes into the pro library we've said time and time again we've dedicated entire side quest shows to this but 50 plus titles with an absolute mixed bag of variety we did it in the episode in fact when we compared it with Ubisoft Plus and said like Ubisoft Plus is great for, for big big chunks however 
you can't deny Pro has that level of variety that comes with it. And now we're adding yet another family-orientated game into the mix. Or, you know what, you might just like dogs. Or you might be a, a big achievement hunter. And I know these games are very centred towards not making it too difficult to complete. So, have at it. Fill your, fill your doggy bowls out there. But, interestingly enough, that's Lumote and Paw Patrol, which confirmed or semi it's weird because it is confirmed via the press release but google haven't said anything officially yet so it isn't it isn't yeah. confirmed folks take it with with that little grain of salt you can sprinkle on uh, but the biggest I, I think game, it's a small grain of salt you need on this one. Oh think, yeah small i think it's grain. a very good like nine to five are pretty much bang on every time so yeah again this press release is direct from stadia that follows the blog every week so I don't know what's happening on Google's social teams where maybe they want to hold it all back for next week to confirm all of them in one go. But then why would you put it in your press release? Again, it's just one of those things that seems to happen far more regular than it, it needs to. But here we are, and it's helped us out with the show, so we won't complain too much. Um, the final one that we do know is confirmed as of now is uh, actually the biggest of the three, in my opinion. I think it's a fantastic get. Uh, just over a year since its release... It looks like we're going to be getting Outriders, Richie. So to read from just the brief description, as mankind bleeds out of the trenches of Enoch, you'll create your own Outrider and embark on a journey across the hostile planet. Uh, with rich storytelling spanning a diverse world, you'll leave behind the slums and shanty towns of the first city and traverse mountains, forests and desert in pursuit of a mysterious signal. Combine intense gunplay with violent powers and an arsenal of increasingly twisted weaponry and gear sets, Outriders offers countless hours of gameplay from one of the finest shooters developers in the industry, People Can Fly, of course, of Gears of War fame. And uh, I, we both, did we both play the demo originally of Outriders? I, uh, I did. Yes, I, I played the demo and I was very much not sold on it. I don't, you know, it was one that I remember thinking, I don't know why I'm just not into this in the slightest. I think the fact that it's a, it was like, is it a games of service? Is it not? It's a looter shooter, which I don't really go in for nowadays. I, I got into Borderlands a bit back in the day, but mm. I was talking to you before the show. Like, there's something for me about games that are designed to be co-op and also story-driven that I just don't think mesh well. Yeah, so I had an interesting take with Outriders. I really enjoyed the demo I played. And then I think when the game launched, I think on Stadium in particular, it had quite a lot of bugs, if I recall rightly. And then People Can Fly, had re- they've had a really bad run of not updating the game on Stadia. And every time it went on sale, I refused to buy it purely out of, of spite of it not being kept up to date with other platforms. And I know our, our audience, there's a lot of views and listeners out there who did buy it. And again, yeah, they were kind of shorthanded a little bit with the way it was looked after. The game did it took really them a while well. To, took them a while to catch up. Yeah, completely. Like, and we know they had their own problems. Square Enix didn't pay out the royalties for the game to People Can Fly. We covered that in yeah, the well, news as well. I actually, if I remember rightly, I think the sales were nowhere near what was expected. And I think that might have been where the money issues came into play. Yeah, because I think on the on podcast episode, whatever it was, we actually discussed yeah. this game also came out on Game Pass Day 1, which saw it have yeah. millions and millions of users, but not many people actually bought it which I think which is where Square Enix had potentially an issue with payout. But here we are, fast forward a year and a little bit to April, well, May by the time it actually comes out on Pro, and it's actually just on the cusp of having its, its 2022 expansion come out. So um, it's actually tomorrow at the time of recording, so there'll probably be a bit more information 
revealed, but essentially World Slayer, which is their 2022 roadmap expansion, whatever it may look like, story DLC. Um, it's been forecast for a while. Uh, a lot of people are expecting there to be new classes introduced, uh, new enemies. <coughs> pardon me. Um, it basically a, a kind of big, massive patch overhaul. And they've teased it over on the Twitter and the Outriders Twitter account. There's a broadcast uh, which is actually out now, so we don't have the news specifically on it. But for me, as someone who was quite interested in this game, played the demo, enjoyed it, and then I didn't jump into it. I think another game must have came out around the same time that I pivoted towards and said, and again, as an adult, you can only split your cash so many ways. And then once I started hearing all the bad stuff from the Stadia community about its performance and its not its patches and stuff, I, I distinctly remember saying to you on the show, it's almost like it's a bullet dodge for me. I've saved forty, fifty pound almost. Yeah, I remember. But fast forward, and yeah, I'm I think it's one of them games. If like, if day one you're not in because it isn't a games as a service that was very much confirmed. It is this is the content that's all there is to do in the game. Mm-hmm. So it's not they're not expecting you to just live in that world forever like you do with something like a Destiny. Yeah, later now I wonder. I'm going to actually Google what the price is now. Because like, I bet you it's something like 30 quid max. Um, what have you got? Let's have a look. Steam, 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 Steam. Steam, Steam, Steam. It, oh, it's 49.99 still on Steam. Yeah, I'm sure yeah. we can get that cheaper. I mean, probably. It's one of those where I think they usually go back yeah. up to a set and set price, but you find them on PlayStation. Like you said, I think, before the show, PlayStation Plus wouldn't be surprised if right. it showed up there soon. And Right. This is more what I was expecting. Outriders PS5 version on Amazon, £16.42. pence. Yeah, again, yeah, it's a year old, so it's about it's about standard. Um, but you know what? As a pro title, I'm down for it. I'm looking forward to it. You yeah. and me will jump in on a live stream. Again, I enjoyed the gameplay, but my brain, I think, just got confused between is it a games as a service, which I know it's not. It's just story DLC, but then it's online co-op, and I don't want to be playing with people I don't know. So it, it, it's a bit, again, it, we digress. But overall, Outriders, AAA game, Square Enix again, publishers, people can fly. Coming to Pro, I think it's a good get. Remember, this could have just been another two random indie games, so the fact that we're getting a AAA title that's just over a year old, I think, again, adds to the... Which I think it's it's fine. Like, a AAA title from a year ago, is, I think it's perfect Pro fodder, to be honest. Like Pro fodder. I love it. And I think I think there's going to be a stream in this, to be honest. Oh yeah, I'm, I'm down for playing it again. I've, yeah. I've saved my pennies. I've got my pro subscription till September, thanks to that deal that was online that everyone was sharing yeah. around. And yeah, I'm excited to jump into Enoch and see more importantly how the game has progressed, how it's looked after, and I'll be very intrigued to know if in this showcase broadcast this week will Stadia be getting the update day and date, because that might quickly sour the entire audience and community on this game for like the fifth time now. So Ma- this is his chance to make a prediction. Correct, correct any wrongs. I'm going to make a prediction. Let me know in the comments if I'm right, right or wrong. Um, there's going to be no mention Stadia during the presentation and people are going to go to Twitter and ask about it and then it will come. The World Slayer content specifically. Yeah. Right. I think it will, it will come. I, I'm going to say no, but I think it will come later. It's like... Good yes, it's coming. Really we haven't got confirmed date. We can't confirm date for you yet. That's that's how I think it's going to play out. Well, again, you, you've got to wonder, don't you? Obviously, they've had a deal to bring it to pro, which means Stadia you're actively talking to people can fly. They'll be well aware that they've not been keeping up with their side of the bargain when it comes to DLC and patch updates. So yeah. I'd be very interested to see how that went back and forth. And maybe is this on pro as a sorry 
to maybe breaching contract I, rules with Stadia or I would lean closer. This is a deal that was like signed last year. All right, okay. Like after- well, yes, you can bring the game over after one year goes to pro. Hmm. It, we're almost bang on a year out from the game's was launch. It, yeah, was it 1st of April, was it, when it launched? Yeah. Hmm. So I could see that this being like, yeah, it's a year out. Yeah. I I might be wrong, but it seems like well, a deal that you, Stadia would make. It's interesting, it's interesting. And uh, yeah, so that makes it three. But as I said, the original 9 to 5 Google article regarding this from the press release um, does state that these are the first Stadia programs for May with more coming. So care to speculate, Richie, on what else we might hear? Probably, my guess is next Tuesday's blog is going to give us a big rundown of all these games we've just covered. Um, but maybe with a one or two extra editions. Do you think we're going to try and gonna shoehorn Deliver Us the Moon in for May? It's no, like, a, oh, it's that. coming that's... in May, we fixed the bugs. I think that when that's when that's ready to launch, that goes straight to pro. I don't... I, I, I don't think you do another sales, um, another marketing beat on that one. You just when it's when it's ready, just push it. Okay. Yeah, and when it whenever it is, you just put the press release out at the time. It's here. Go. Go go go. Um, I don't know. Um, for new new games, what could there be? I reckon we're going to get another mobile port. Okay. What's you thinking? New new. Yeah, yeah. I think will be stuff we haven't heard of. Okay. It tends to be nowadays, actually. Because they've covered most of the library already with Pro. That is yeah, that, that is true, yeah. Well, again, we we mentioned it briefly, but if you go over and check out In Leeds Stadia Pro Games Monitor, yeah. we've said last week's show we are tracking quite far behind in terms of the 100 games coming to Stadia this year that they promised us. Because remember, we're nearly in May, folks. That's, that's the, the year is ticking away fast, and we're not getting the games yeah. at the same rate. So either we're in for an absolute crazy few months in the summer through to the winter or the well is drying up a little bit in terms of what is actually left in the pipe to to get out uh, yeah, remember we about a bit, hmm. did we talk about it last week um like the cadence of games is just not there at the moment for to hit that 100 games yeah i think it was something like off the top of my head 17 games launched the stadium this year at, which is nowhere near like the person he'd be hitting to hit to break 100 mm-hmm so let's see what they've got up their sleeve. Hopefully a few new launch day and day pro games would be nice to definitely uh, whet those appetites out there. Uh, but as I mentioned, weirdly enough on the blog that dropped on Tuesday, we got a blog, Richie, on a Wednesday, which we I don't think we've had in a, a long, long time. It's The cadence is usually Tuesday, Thursday, Tuesday, Thursday, with maybe yeah. skipping a week for the bi-weekly this week on Stadia. Um this is a, a new OS and next up on Stadia we've got. And we have the uh, welcome of Five Nights at Freddy's Security Breach. So, Five Nights at Freddy's, uh, funnily enough, described as a family friendly survival horror game. Which I don't. I don't know how that works as a description. Oh. I mean, I've only known Five Nights at Freddy's as, um, like, from Let's Plays and stuff, I've never actually played it, and it just seems to be all just about jump scares. So it might be family friendly, technically. I mean, the trailer is quite quite scary uh, unto itself. For, for those who don't know, Five Nights at Freddy's it's um, it's security breaches. This one, it's the latest installment in the uh, horror game franchise, played by millions of people. It's big for streamers. I think it's the jump scare thing. It, it was kind of I remember it 
it, it kind of helped when Twitch was getting really big. This was one of those games that kind of latched onto people just showing themselves absolutely brick it. It's um, a it's a jump scare horror genre that makes for good uh, like reaction content. Yeah, completely. You play as Gregory, a young boy trapped overnight in Freddy Fazbear's Mega Pizzaplex, uh, which is a I believe it's a play on Chuck E. Cheese, the American kind of like kids play area, uh, school parties and stuff. Guy, you know when we used to go to McDonald's as kids and have parties there. It's yeah. the equivalent to that, but the um, the robotics within the amusement arcade and such come to life, and yeah, survival jump out of your skin. And it's been reimagined, reimagined, sorry, with different characters with new horrific uh, threats. Very similar to Resident Evil. You kind of you walk around. I know in the original ones you had to control the camera, security cameras, and you weren't you were quite static. Whereas I think the newer games you're able to explore a bit more and solve puzzles and basically try yeah, to I escape think, the the nightmare. Again, correct me in the wrong of the comments, but I believe like the original games were made just by one guy. That wouldn't surprise me. That wouldn't surprise me. Uh, but yes, yeah, Steelwall Studios, the developers, uh, we actually mentioned this. Um, five episodes back it was after we did the Google for Games Developers Summit reaction and they they focused specifically on porting partners and one of them was yeah. one of the logos that was on the splash screen was Steelwall Studios and they didn't they don't have currently any games on Stadia so we got up the games list and by default their biggest IP by far is Five Nights at Freddy's and lo and behold, a few weeks later, we get our announcement, Security Breach. Uh, it is the latest installment as well, so we're getting the latest game, which is always good. It's rather than digging too far back. And Richie, you said on that very show that we'll do a live stream for it. And I specifically said you can be in the hot seat for that one because I did Resident Evil. So, and now uh, I regret it. And now you regret it, but there's a little teaser up on the, the Twitter account at Helix Cloud Games if you want to check that one out. Uh, I'm hoping to have got a few people with a jump scare because I did put a little clip in with a loud sound effect at the end of it. So hopefully anyone watching on the phone's thinking, oh, it's just an innocent recap of Steel Wool Studio. Oh, shit. Scared the life out of me. That'd be funny. Like, that's how I get my kicks, Richie. Scaring innocent people on the internet <laughs> who follow us for stadium news and, and topical <laughs> conversation. Um, but looking forward to that one again. It's not one of my. It's not necessarily my cup of tea. However, it, I think it's a big enough, well-known franchise to get on the platform to give Stadia again that little bit more credibility. When people scroll through a list of cover arts and think, "What type of games does this platform actually have?" I think Final Fantasy Freddy's is one that you'll scroll past and go, "Oh yeah, I recognise that," and it just adds that oh, little, well, little extra bit of uh, confidence. I think. I think it does a bit, but I do think it's as a franchise, it's a very Marmite franchise. Mm. I think either people adore it or just like want nothing to do with it. Yeah, pretty pretty much. But then again, horror yeah. is as a whole is yeah. that with a lot of people, both movies, TV, and video games. You sometimes either you absolutely yeah. love it or you you you're just don't like it because yeah, that's it. It's like I think that is horror. You're right there. It's like either you're into it and you like the jump scares. You like. You like being on the edge while you're playing a game, or, or you just this this is uncomfortable. I don't like it. Don't want to do it. I'm out. Yeah. I mean, we we thoroughly enjoy horror games with each other, with friends. Yeah. With an but audience. Do not play them. Don't play them solo. And I'm an absolute coward when it comes to just sitting down with headphones on and playing through it myself. So, um, if that's the type of horror you love, fantastic. If not, don't worry because we've got another game announced as part of this Thursday. Thursday Wednesday blog, in fact, uh, Death Run TV was also announced. Uh, Death Run TV is a fast, hardcore, rogue-light, twin-stick shooter set in the world's biggest and craziest game show. You'll experience real-time, blistering speed and bullet-dodging action as you compete for glory. Assuming you're able to survive in this 2D bullet hell, 
where only likes really count. So it's in a world where we're obsessed with social media, evidently, Richie, and only likes count. Uh, coming to you from the largest studio ever constructed, Death Run TV is the show where contestants risk it all and gather likes from audiences watching over the world 24 hours a day. The entertainment never ends. With breakneck speed, bullet dodging action, lots of guns, you'll survive swarms of rabid mutants to progress and level up your contestant. Twin stick bullet hell will test your reflexes through each arena. And uh, in our doc, I've specifically said this game gives me big vibes of Super Meat Boy meets Dead Nation in terms of the art of Super Meat Boy, like that cartoon aesthetic, and then the yeah, twin yeah. stick kill kill loads of zombie things like Dead Nation. It's it's a bit like Enter the Gungeon. Yeah. It's but it's like very much it's very much bullet. Hell. I mean, they keep bringing up bullet dodging bullet hell in the press release, so. You know what you get. It's it's a roguelite. That it's a bullet hell roguelite. Yeah, Death Run TV. If that sounds good to you, you'll probably enjoy it. It certainly does. It's actually very reminiscent of uh, Death Carnival, which we know is coming out very very soon as well. Um, we can actually tell our audience now, Richard, that you and me uh, have early access to Death Carnival. Are we allowed? To yeah, tell we are allowed. To tell people. Yeah, everyone's plastered over to it. We're yeah. allowed to tell people we have. Early All right, access yeah, to it. yeah. <laughs> that's fine. Uh, Fury on Games, uh, the team over there have given us early access on Stadia to play it. We're not telling them about anything about it, Richie. Yes, yeah. That's all under NDA, but we are allowed to tell people that we have early access because I've seen loads of other people out there. If not, you didn't hear this from us, folks. Shh. We have nothing to say on it yet. It's just a very similar game, and yeah. I thought it's interesting how. On the cusp of this game that's been towered as Stadia for over a year, then Death Run is like coming soon. But again, they're most likely going to be fun unto themselves. And that's it for the blog post so far. So nothing official in terms of pro, but we've got two games officially announced, but they didn't tell us the pro games were coming. And this is where the communication gets a bit weird, isn't it? So Tuesday blog post, nothing to do with pro, but the press release told yeah. other channels that the games were coming to pro. It's- and then they see all that, surely, and then put a blog post out on a Wednesday, which they don't normally do, and still don't address the pro games at all. It almost feels like there's different teams working on this stuff, but not syncing up what they're doing. Like, you have one team, like, dealing with, like, the press release stuff, mm-hmm. and one team dealing with the public face and blog posts, and then they haven't talked to each other. Hmm... Indeed. It does feel that like, little bit disjointed sometimes. It feels like they need one Google Doc that they put their stuff into and they collaborate and share on because yeah. that's what we use for this show. And it's funnily enough owned by Google, so fill yeah. your boots. Um, we will pause, Richie, for a moment. That was to specifically add any stories in that might happen yeah. between now recording and then. Uh, we are here for a little segment, as we mentioned. Any news, we record on the Wednesday. I'm now three days into my COVID-19 spout. Uh, I don't actually feel too bad. So even though you just listened to me previously without it, I'm okay. I'm not doing too bad, Richie. We've actually have recorded more content since I got it than I would have done without it. We wouldn't have even done the podcast so far. But we are here because we have had a lot of news drop, and we wouldn't want you amazing views and listeners out there to go without being kept in the loop with all of the content. So... First story that we may or may not have missed if we hadn't recorded fast-forwarded in time, Richie. Uh, update, House of the Dead remake. It's confirmed. It's been rated twice, I believe. Uh, the, the Of course, famous uh, light gun shooter from back in the arcade. We don't know how it's going to run on Stadia, but the uh, developers over on Twitter have confirmed 
that the House of the Dead remake, which came out on Switch exclusively a month or so ago for whatever reason, with the Joy-Con motion controls, uh, will be arriving on April 28th. And um, I'm very intrigued to see how this one runs, Richie. I don't know. motion. We know there was motion controls announced in an APK file for Stadia a while back. Yeah. But well, I've seen on Twitter as well the developers responding to someone asking about the PS Move controls and said they'll be added at a later date. So what I'm expecting from this is just use the uh, analog stick to try to move a case around the screen yeah. or your mouse. And that, that's probably R2 to shoot, and that's probably most of the controls. Yep. But maybe later if motion controls come to Stadia, it can be patched in then. Yeah, for those, for anyone who had a light gun back on like PlayStation 1 days and such, uh, I remember Point Blank and Die Hard. The light gun was the best version to play that in. However, if you were player 2, it was just very much just move the target around the screen and it, it it didn't play smoothly, of yeah. course, but it was a, an alternate to that. Um, intrigued to see where this goes. It's a different type of game we're getting. Yeah. Uh, will a light gun come out where you can just attach your phone to it as a controller and use that as a gun? Who knows? See, when they're, when they're announcing the remake, I was ho- kind of hoping, like, quietly, that maybe they'll do like a full remake and take it off rails. It's the same game, but you get to move your character through the world. Yeah, a bit more freedom. But no, it's just it's just house it's House of the Dead, as you remember from the arcades. As you do, as you do. So not too long, twenty eighth of April. So uh, later this week, it actually goes live. So let's see, let's go check it out. Uh, next story that we may have otherwise missed, Richie, uh, is one actually the two of us kind of predicted back in on episode one hundred and thirty when we did our breakdown of the Google for Games Developer Summit. Uh, the they covered a lot of the porting partners, and one of them was. Uh, milestone games now at the time they had the motor gp games the super monster energy drink games um however we did criticize them a bit because we didn't get the last two entries if i recall we didn't get the motor gp 22 and we didn't get the entry number five in the energy drink series however we did or i specifically called out the hot wheels unleashed as being part of their ip it was well reviewed it was a game I look forward to as a big fan of Micro Machines. And it looks, Richie, like we may have called it right. Because recently, as of this Friday, it's been rated on ESRB, Hot Wheels Unleashed. It has. Which... I mean, this is this is a kart race that Stadia is missing. Like, you're not going to get a Mario Kart, but something like a Hot Wheels works quite well to cover that bitch. Yeah, you're completely right. We're not getting Mario Kart. We're not getting Crash Team Racing. So... I mean, we in theory could get the Nickelodeon Kart Racer one, but from what uh, Hot Wheels Re- Unleashed was reviewed as, and it was well reviewed, I think it was getting eight out of tens, um, almost like a, a sleeper hit in a weird way with plenty of DLC. Obviously, yeah. everyone everyone had Hot Wheels growing up as a kid, the little loop de loops and the race tracks, um, some some maybe scale electric, but yeah, I, Kart Racer one hundred percent down for this. I, like- I know we've got the Racing with Ryan game and we've got the Fast and the Furious game, but this is a bit more. It's got a bit more to it, I reckon, than the other ones. Yeah, I like how a lot of the track is. That kind of, you remember, like that certain orange Plastic, track piece. Yeah, so yeah. 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 Um, the one thing I noticed about this from the ESRB website is there's two bullet points: users interact, which has got PC, PlayStation Four, Xbox One, Switch, Stadia, Xbox Series, and PlayStation Five, uh-huh. and in-game purchases: PC, PS4, Xbox One, Switch, Xbox Series, PlayStation Five, Stadia missing from the in-game purchases. Mm. I don't know if that's a case of how Stadia Storefront works, where actually DLC is purchased direct through the store rather than in-game, but it's just something... It's one of them curiosities I I noticed. Yeah, it's an interesting one. 
Um, I'd imagine the in-game patches are just purely cosmetic. From what I've seen of the game, it would be like different decals for your car, different colour palettes, maybe yeah, a different yep. body. But you're right, yeah, it might just be because through Stadia, I, you know, you can purchase through the Chromecast, but it might be a different payment method or whatnot. It's also entirely possible that the Stadia version might be an ultimate edition where there's no need for in-game mm-hmm. purchases because you get everything anyway. It could well it is, be. Yeah, it is later because we've seen games come out with like, oh, here's the initial edition and a year one edition comes out like a year later with everything. It could well be. Um, so question then for you. We know the pro games that were announced, they haven't been announced. They might have been announced by now. Actually, you know what? No, it's Friday at the time of this little segment being recorded. We're not hearing yeah. from Stadia until next week when we get our official rollout. They did say there was more games coming. What are the chances Hot Wheels Unleashed is one of your pro games alongside Outriders and the rest? If Hot Wheels Unleashed is a pro game, then that's a, a mm. massive month, actually, when you think about it. A one-year-old AAA title in Outriders. Yeah. A, a very well-reviewed kart racer game and a few other things. Because... I, I can't remember off the top of my head. looks awesome. Yeah, um, yeah. Paw Patrol, great for the kids. Yeah. And that, that's what's been... That would be great. That'd be a really good month for Stadia Pro. Interesting. Well, we hopefully won't have to wait very long to find out to play Hot Wheels Unleashed. And 100% we're doing a stream on this channel. I will. I didn't buy this game on PlayStation. Uh, when it was announced, because I was in in the, in and amongst other titles. However, I'm totally down for racing with the community out there with some uh, oh God, fancy yeah. little Hot Wheels cars. Uh, I'd imagine it's going to launch at quite a nice little price point. I, I've got a feeling this is one of them games that's going to go into our kind of grab bag of games that we play on stream. When oh, there's nothing new come to pre- pro that we want to play on stream. Oh, let's go back to something we've played before. Certainly. It can fall in that category where oh, we haven't played Hot Wheels in a while. Let's You're play completely again. Completely right. You're completely right. Uh, moving on, though, we, we probably will cover all these games a little bit more in depth once they're actually out on the platform. We've had a first look at them on the channel. Uh, but for now, we've also had another rating for Through the Darkest of Times. So if you're not familiar with this game, Through the Darkest of Times, um, you are the leader of a small resistance group in 1933's Berlin of ordinary people, from Jews to Catholics to communists uh, and patriots who simply can't stand aside. Your goal is to deal with small blows to the regime. Um, dropping leaflets to spread awareness about what the Nazis are really up to among the people, painting messages, sabotaging, gathering information, recruiting more followers, staying undercover. Um, essentially, through the darkest of times, the biggest thing for me is it's from Handy Games, which is part of that kind of Embracer THQ Nordic group. And it's broken down into four chapters, You're basically fighting for freedom and, and doing such. But it's one of those games, got a very interesting art style, very interesting playthrough. It's only got an ESRB rating. However, Handy Games over on Twitter have basically used the side side eye emojis and uh, basically told. Like I think one of the tweets was, uh, "We love you, Stadians." So basically, this one's con- yeah. pretty much shoe and lock in. Confirmed. Yeah, it looks it looks like a crazy game. Like um, very interesting. Very, and uh, there's a quote I want to read actually from PC Gamer on this. Paint Bucket Games refuses to flinch from the realities of life in Nazi Germany, and it's it's the uncomfortable complexity of the situation that really gut punches me. Eighty seven percent. So this is reviewed really highly, and seems mm. to not shy away from like the realities of what it must have been like being like a German resistance soldier on, under Hitler, like trying to fight for your own your country. Yeah, it's <coughs> pardon me. It's it's kind of one of those. It's, I don't want to say point-and-click adventure. It actually reminds me a little bit more like the winemaking simulator in the terms of its... You, yeah, you, you have like it, an open-world map plan of Berlin and you basically it, click throughout the different regions and... It straddles prop- genres. Yeah. Between, I mean, the tags on, on Steam are listed as strategy, simulation, indie, and adventure. So I think it's like 
between like a turn-based strategy and a point-and-click adventure. Yeah, you read through information, you kind of level up areas, you have declining followers, um, you build up empathy, propaganda, secrecy between like your groups of people. And it, yeah, it's, it's almost like... Uh, Oh, what's that game? There's a game where you, it's like passport control, where you're not actually doing much oh, in the papers, game. papers, please. Yeah, yeah, papers, please, where you're actually, it's a lot of, not reading material in a way, but it's telling a story through different means that aren't as necessarily interactive. Yeah. Uh, so, I, I think this could be pro, you know. I think this is likely to go on the pro. It's currently for, um, £4.45 on the sale on Steam. Okay, yeah. So. That's very likely, I think, with other handy games stuff on pro as well. Yeah. Oh yeah, we I certainly think, have yeah. I think this interest. would be a great addition for Pro. It, it be, this is one of them games where I think it goes to Stadia Pro, more people will actually try it out. Yeah, I would agree. I would agree. Um, but that's it for our rated games that we've got in this little mini segment here. We'll we'll hand it back over to past versions of Chris and Richie from that pregnant pause. We'll hand it back to them. Uh, so thank you, Chris. Thank you for that little news segment that you may or may not have edited into the show right there. Can't believe they finally revealed. Blank. Elden Ring's come. Elden Ring two's come to stay. Don't say that. Don't say that. We'll be touted as clickbait uh, in the thumbnail. Big massive Elden Ring guy. Let's get George R. all over it. Uh, But no. While we do pause for the initial news, before we get into the news stories for the week, I do want to do a special shout out to our Helix heroes. Of course, we've got many, many Helix heroes on the chat uh, on the channel. Over fifty of you are members over YouTube and Patreon still. And uh, yeah, just wanted to give a quick shout out to Steve Nelson, Crispy Gamer, Andrew Nolan, Brendan McBee, Consigno, Clive Illenden, Dave Windall, Dan Wheeler, Alexander Smith, Link TV, Ashley X, Louise, Fabled Alpaca, Simon, Sarge, James Pearson, Jin Hood, Bjorn Brawson, CrazyBad247, and Jack the Slip as well for your absolute patronage and support. Uh, you guys have all passed, or give or take, the 12 month mark. You get a lovely box of stadios next to your name for supporting the channel so, so long. And of course, Richie's undevoted love as well. But I wanted to give a shout to those guys and a special shout to our latest member. Not quite at 12 months yet because they've just joined. Uh, but big shout out to Al Davis Music as well uh, for becoming a Helix Hero right on YouTube.com. And if you want to support me and Richie a little bit more in gathering up all of your latest news, discussing right here on the Sounds of Stadia podcast and elsewhere on the channel, you can click join below if you're watching on YouTube.com. From as little as 99 pence, folks, you get exclusive early access content to the side quest show. You get exclusive stickers, badges, other little perks as well. Uh, so do check that out. We do appreciate it. Uh, and even the lowest 99p, Richie, it goes a long, long way to show us that you love and care and appreciate what we do it for does. you. Because even with, the lights even with COVID, I mean, I hope it doesn't keep the lights on. I'm not relying on that much. Um, <laughs> but you know what? We do this in our spare time. I say it all the time. It's just a hobby. We love it. And everybody out there who shows us any kind of support, whether it's a comment, it's a like, it's a retweet, it's a share, it's a it's a question for the podcast in our Discord, it, it just makes it all the more, more worthwhile. So thank you very much. I'd say it's what gets us out of bed on a morning, but no, that's our that's our real jobs, unfortunately, which yeah. uh, we get fired if we don't get up and go and actually attend to. So that was our pause. Doesn't sound like much news dropped from what I hear. But let's move on to the next story of the week. Uh, Star Wars. In a long, a long t- time ago, Richie, in fact, in a galaxy far, far away, Amy Hennig was working on a Star Wars game. That's right, famed 
producer slash director slash creative mind behind the Uncharted franchise, my favourite franchise of all time, um, worked on a Star Wars game with, um, it was called Project Ragtag, I believe, and it got canned after many, many months slash years of production. And poor Amy Hennig, she hasn't really put out a game since she was uh, <clears throat> moved off the Uncharted 4 project back in 2014-15. Last game she um, worked on as a writer was Battlef- Battlefield Hardline, which was 2015. And she is a writer for Spoken, which is due to She is, yeah, with, with Gary Witter as well. Of Star Wars fame, yeah. funnily enough. Uh, yeah. director, of, director, writer of Rogue One, I should say. Um, but the reason I wanted to bring this up specifically is Amy Hennig last year announced that she was teaming with Skydance Media to form a new kind of gaming partnership. And with her heritage in Uncharted and Legacy of Kane and in Jack and Daxter and stuff, and it's always been story-driven, that's, that's always what she wanted to do with Star Wars. And when she was with the Ragtag team, which was their um, project name, is they were doing a triple-A story-based game in the vein of like Uncharted-esque storytelling. And back to Star Wars 1313, which was the EA uh, Visceral studio that was working on a game back in like 2012, which was on the lower levels of Coruscant. And it was going to be bounty hunters, and it was all grimy, and it was going to tell a similar story with like action-based shooter third-person cover. And thankfully, we fast we fast-forward, Richie, to nearly a decade later... And uh, Skydance, Lucas, Lucasfilm Games, and Star Wars, so Disney by proxy, uh, have announced a new adventure is on the way from one of the most acclaimed creators in Amy Hennig. And the reason we specifically bring it up is within the, the blog post itself, uh, they said they want to create high-fidelity, richly interactive experiences crafted for traditional gaming platforms as well as emerging streaming services. Which, guess who that is? It's you. It's Amazon us. Luna. <laughs> I mean, it may be. Amazon and Google Luna. Stadia does... and probably PlayStation Now or what, uh, PlayStation Plus, Dulux, whatever it's called. Dulux. And Xbox Cloud Gaming. Star Wars yeah. Cloud Gaming. Their brand new Star Wars specific cloud streaming service from Bespin. Oh, this could be a white label Stadia thing, potentially. I, yeah, you know what? I wouldn't put past Disney, I, I to wouldn't be honest, put past to go that route. They, they just tore the world apart. Like, look what they've done to Netflix. Hey, you've got Disney Plus, you get the Star Wars game. I mean, why not, it right? It drives people to... Yeah, why not? Like, like is it the, drives people the subscription like, service. We've, we've not... I mean, we, this is this could be a whole... This could be a whole side quest in itself, Richie. Do we wait for side quests? Do we do it for side quests? What should should Disney um white label say white, white labeling projects? I mean, I'm I just think think, I'm just it. thinking in my mind now. If you take Disney Plus on my TV and you where I also have a Google Stadia app, you tell me there's no future where I can't click a link in Disney Plus that takes me to Jedi Fallen Order to play I think on we the do it. Right, yeah yeah. Folks, if you are a Helix hero, one of our members, you get this episode now. It's live. It's up on the channel for you to go watch. If not, you'll have to wait till Friday. <laughs> Sorry, folks. This is how this is how SideQuest is born. <laughs> this is how SideQuest is born. Occasionally, we just get these in, strokes of information. Go, there's a conversation there. It is, but not enough for a Stadia-specific <laughs> podcast, because again, not confirmed. But for a cloud gaming topical SideQuest show, it's good shit. So yeah, yeah. add up those Metaclorians, folks, and we'll see you over there on SideQuest. But yes, Richie, Skydance Media bringing it to emerging streaming services. 
And then to go back to it again, yes, Amy Hennig of Uncharted fame is working on bringing a new Star Wars title. We're probably a good few years out. Hopefully, um, the library for Stadia and cloud gaming in general will be in a much healthier place. We we announced it. Uh, we announced it. We spoke about it last week. But cloud gaming is going to increase four times over by 2024. This game's probably looking for a release after that date still, if we're honest. So, yeah. you know what? I mean, she's just coming off for Spoken. For Spoken comes out in, I think it's October this year. Yeah, it was delayed, I think. So, I'm guessing this is very early days that she's working on this now. August, October. Uh, yes, but to quote from the article as well, uh, I've often described how seeing Star Wars in 1977 essentially rewired my 12-year-old brain, shaping my creative life and future indelibly. Indelibly. Never heard that. Either way, I'm elated to be working on a Lucasfilm game to tell interactive stories in the galaxy that I love. Uh, we couldn't be more thrilled to be working with Amy. She and the Skydance team have a talent and ambition to create a unique Star Wars adventure. Long way out... The fact that she worked on the first three Uncharted games, I have, she has my total confidence and faith that telling a, a unique story in the Star Wars universe, I'm down for it. Uh, yeah, obviously, we'll get, we're, we're due to be absolutely spoiled over the next few years. Jedi Fallen Order 2, uh, the game Ubisoft are working on from Supermassive The Division team. We've got Star Wars Eclipse from the people who made Detroit Become Human. It's it's an absolute flurry. We've still got EA working on another title that we don't know about. Yeah. Possibly Battlefront Three. We don't know. So yeah, much. One of the things I appreciate about the Uncharted series is the, there's no effort attempt to force them to be these massive open world open world RPGs online in full of loot boxes. It's just like no, this is a very linear story based game. Yeah, go have fun. And sometimes it's just nice. I really enjoyed as this year I played um, Lost Legacy. Mm. The just the linearity of it. Yeah. The it, there's a bit of an open world section to it, but it's not like Horizon Forbidden West levels of open where I have to platinum and there's areas of the map I still have fog of war on. Mm. Like it's we're, like yeah, this is a bit more manageable. We're being spoiled. We're being spoiled. That's for certain. Yeah. Um, Star Wars all over the place right now. And uh, yeah, if you don't want a massive open world, we'll pivot to our next star of the week then, and that is Sonic Origins, Richie. Sonic Origins uh, was just announced as of today, in fact. It's essentially a remaster of four Sega Classic games, Sonic the Hedgehog, Sonic the Hedgehog 2, Sonic CD, and Sonic 3 and Knuckles. You can play as all Sonic Tales and Knuckles across them all. Uh, they put out a really fun trailer to kind of showcase the it's the kind of it's the animated cartoon that I remember as a child, um, very reminiscent of the one from Sonic Mania. Um, yeah. They haven't announced it for any cloud gaming platforms as of yet. So <clears throat> get your big grain of salt out for this one. Get your brick of salt out, in fact. But you know what, Richie? I will be damned if Google Stadia is going to let the only acknowledgement of Sonic on their platform be that shitty mascot in the Olympic Games game from Tokyo I will not have it if a mascot as huge as Sonic the Hedgehog 30th 30th anniversary is it 25th anniversary whatever it's celebrating this This is our childhood right here this blue Blair deserves recognition on this platform outside of a dude in a suit if you're doing a remaster bring them to Google Stadia 
God damn it. These games are so iconic. As soon as you said Sonic Origins, and up to right this moment, I've got Green Hill Zone playing in my head. <laughs> like, I, 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 I want this on a portable platform. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've... It, it's coming. It's coming to Switch. If it's not coming to Stadia, I'm probably going to pick it up on Switch. Yeah, yeah, I'm thinking I, Switch is probably as well. Right in my pit. I've got. I don't need the power and the full and fidelity of my PS5 for this. I drive out the handheld experience with it. Yeah, the ga- again, the games look great. They're, they are remastered, but I don't really know, other than maybe smooth it out and make it widescreen, what really they could do massively that makes the games different. But no, I've bought these games honestly, several times over already. I've got the Sega collection. I've got them on my phone. This 16-bit art style works, so you're probably just up, up, up-resing it, yeah. smoothing things out, just making things just look that bit because bear in mind I think this is probably like a 480p CRT that they originally designed for and now it's probably up to yeah, 4k yeah. like it, needs, it means a bit it's, of work it, to keep it, it looking it deserves it you know what we're, I'm, I'm a Sega oh, kid God, yeah. I did like again I love Nintendo but I definitely grew up with Sonic the Hedgehog I watched the cartoon as a kid we used to yeah. play Sonic the Hedgehog in the schoolyard uh, at primary school yeah, we, we just used to run around uh, probably doing like Naruto runs pretending to be Sonic the Hedgehog Knuckles Tails yeah. and stuff uh but yeah, we remember when Dr. Eggman was Dr. Robotnik. Of course, he is actually back. He, Sonic the Hedgehog 2, Jim Carrey's highest grossing movie of all, uh, yeah. opening weekend and of all time. Best thing about Sonic 1 is, he is Robotnik. He is indeed, he is indeed. So He's like, you get it, you get <clears throat> it, guys. Yeah, there is some problems going on around the deluxe editions. There's about five different versions of this one game coming out. Uh, whatever the hell that looks like. But we won't go into that uh, because we don't know if it's coming to the platform. Um, we obviously do know as well we're getting Sonic Frontiers. Not, I'll say we're getting. I, it, Sonic Frontiers is coming out later this year. And that looks awesome and different. And uh, yeah, we're seeing a big renaissance from Sonic the Hedgehog at the moment. And I, for one, am here to sit back, eat a chili dog, and enjoy as it unrolls. But Google, team up with Stiga. Get on this because you've got Humankind. Stop being cowards. You're doing, and do it. You're doing two-hour free trials of Humankind on the platform. You did have Football Manager at one point until you messed that deal up. So I don't know what's going on there. Come on. You can't. We we did a, one of our very first side quest episodes, Richie, was does Stadia need a mascot? Not a dedicated mascot, but does it need a face? And as soon as, Amazon, as, soon as Amazon Luna launched and they had Sonic Mania, it just does something for the brand. That credibility we were talking about with Five Nights at Freddy's. Why have you got Five Nights at Freddy's and not Sonic the Hedgehog? Come on. Sonic... Sonic is one of the most iconic mascots out there in gaming, and he currently doesn't have a dedicated platform. Stadia can be it. Although, actually, I'm happy Sonic to be everywhere, personally. But come on, guys. Like, this is a get. You need Drop your bag. It's Sonic. It's going to sell. It wouldn't even Imagine be. Imagine how many dads do we know who have Stadia? How many dads grew up on these games would love to jump back in them with their kids? Yeah. It is a... Just do it, guys. We know you're listening. Yeah, we know you're listening. Get it on the platform. Exactly. Add it to the list. You've got till June 23rd to port it over. <laughs> so best best be quick as well. Best be quick. Forget the blog post. Forget the pro games. Get on this one. Get on this one. Yeah. Uh, June pro game. You heard it right. No, you didn't. That's that one. We'll cover that one. Uh, moving on to our next story of the week, Richie. Heading over into the uh, DLC territory now. We're going to go back to... 
one of my favourite games, Marvel's Avengers. It's interesting how we just went from being like both absolutely insane, get this game on the platform, to like, you're up here and I'm down here. Yeah, <laughs> completely, one, like... completely. Uh, reading from a Stadia Sauce of yours truly, uh, Crystal Dynamics has announced their plans for Marvel's Avengers in the form of an update 2.4, featuring a worthy new character and more events. That's right, Jane Foster, a.k.a. the Mighty Thor, will arrive, taking design inspiration initially from her comic book identity. As a fellow wielder of Thor's hammer, Mjolnir, her abilities will have a lot in common with the God of Thunder's moveset, but will feature elements more distinct to Jane. This news follows the week's trailer drop of the upcoming movie, Richie Thor, Love and Thunder, which is also... Spoilers... If anyone's not watched it, I'll give you a second. Includes Natalie Portman's Jane Foster wielding the mighty Mjolnir. And that movie looks hype as shit. Cannot wait. Looks awesome. I, I totally trust Taika Waititi, whatever he's doing. <clears throat> it's like, I was getting hyped for Doctor Strange. And now I just want to get through Doctor Strange. So I can get into Love and Thunder. Yeah, exactly. And we don't have long to wait either. But it's just, there's an interesting bit of synergy. Uh, we've mentioned on the podcast before, the She-Hulk was uh, leaked and the voice actor for She-Hulk retweeted saying that she's going to be in the game. And She-Hulk isn't happening, but the Disney Plus series doesn't come out till later in the year, so I think that might be kept under wraps until that comes out. And it just it's just such a good coincidence that as soon as all this hashtag Jane Foster, hashtag female Thor, hashtag um, the mighty Thor is trending all over the world in Thor Love and Thunder, it's got millions upon millions of views, Square Enix marketing department drop this literally within hours of that trailer dropping going oh by the way Marvel's Avengers you can pick it up for cheap as anything right now free DLC coming another character to play as Jane Foster aka the Mighty Thor uh, targeting a May release window it's going to focus on some system improvements and in-game events bringing back popular events from last year such as the Cosmic Threat the Tachyon Anomalies and the Corrupted vibra- blah, 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 Vibranium they will be added into a rotational calendar Richie to keep things refreshed while they tweak and improve the gameplay loop to make it more rewarding for newcomers and veterans alike. So, no new story content yet for Thorne's characters, seems... but a new character nonetheless that we didn't know about. It's a new character. It seems like the, like the story, co- when they bring out new story content, they get a spike in players for like a week and then it dies off again. Mm-hmm. So not having story content, I wonder how well this is going to do. Because how many people are actually clamoring, I just need to play as James Foster as four. Yep. If if you're going, oh, I want to play through Jane Foster's story as four, that's a different story entirely for me. It's like Literally. Yeah. But, uh, well, it is in the actual story. But, but well, I'm sure our audience know your take on Marvel's Avengers. Uh, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm not too dissimilar to you. I just think I, I enjoy smashing shit up as superheroes a little bit more. Uh, but it is, it, it just, it's a good synergy between marketing departments. And I think that's the best thing that can go for the Avengers right now, uh, specifically for Square Enix. Yeah. Uh, we know Crystal Dynamics have moved over onto working on the new Tomb Raider game now, which I don't think Marvel's Avengers has long, long left in the pipeline. But I, I, I I've heard other people say this, but I think um, there's, there's this, and then there's She-Hulk, and that's probably it. Unless they'd have a small team just working on it every time, like there's a new Disney Plus series. Got hey, what is new character? But there again, if that was the case, I would have brought Moon Knight. Yeah, true. Which would have actually been a really cool character for this yeah. game. Yeah, uh, you know what? I could see a world where, again, this this game ideally should go free to play, and if they just commit to it, I do honestly think it's it's got the brand, it's got the IP to to I, to improve. You can fund it on cos. You can just fund it on cosmetics. Yeah, 
completely. Because it's, it's Marvel. You've got a million of one. Built in, yeah, you just, you've already got them in the game. Yeah, just pick up any comic book from the last 80 years and go, oh, there's an outfit we haven't done yet. Get on it, art department. Yeah, and then it's and then it's done, and you sell you sell it for fifty coins Nine, or whatever the hell it is. Yeah, <clears throat> in terms of XP, but I'm sure we'll see She Hulk later in the year. We obviously got Kate Bishop well before the Hawkeye series landed. I still can't believe we don't have Guardians of the Galaxy where Square Enix put out an entire Guardians of the Galaxy game. That seems like such an easy character asset swap to just port them over, like get them onto your other studio and go, oh, Crystal, speak to Adios Montreal. Share assets. I think it probably depends if the bit made in the same like um, in the same engine and all sorts of stuff like that. But even then, you can't get much easier than two studios both under the same publisher like working together. But we digress. We digress. Um, look out for Jane Foster, aka the Mighty Thor. I will point out she will look like a comic book counterpart, as has been the norm in Marvel's Avengers. So do not expect her to look like the beautiful Natalie, Natalie Portman. Portman. Indeed. If you want that, you're gonna to have to go check out Thor: Love and Thunder. Uh, I watched Star Wars. I've started working my way through Phantom Menace and Attack of the Clones recently because I'm playing the Lego Star Wars game. So I've got that. Edge yeah, I was to, gonna say that. To play, yeah, I've played through the entire prequel now. I'm on to the original trilogy, and uh, yeah, I'm just putting them on in the background at the same. Time. I'm kind of just bouncing oh. between. They're not too long. The prequels, when watching them back as an adult, you can kind of power through them quite mm. quickly. Especially if you're not like just sat there watching them, you got watching them while you're doing something else. Like, yeah, or two hours just goes over that quick. I'm doing that rabbit hole thing though, where I play the Lego game a little bit, then I watch a bit of the movie, and then I watch a YouTube video yeah. about Christopher Lee taking on the role of Count Dooku and how they came to get his lightsaber shape and his name and everything. Count, obviously, because he played Count Dracula. Yeah. Dooku, apparently in Spanish, is funny for the shit or something like that. So they had to change it in Spain to something else, so it didn't. It wasn't a funny word. And uh, yeah, the hilt of his sword's like a rapier. But I digress. We can go on that. But that's what—that's the rabbit hole that I find myself going down with, with Star Wars. While I wait on Amy Hennig's new game, or some news on Jedi Fallen Order Two. We should point out, just a few weeks away from Star Wars Celebration, I'm going to actually yep. stream. And I don't think we've officially announced, but I'm going to stream Jedi Fallen Order again for May the fourth. Oh, cool! Oh, are you just going to pick up from where we started last week, last year? I am going to complete Jedi Fallen Order in five years. Gradually, by doing a stream every May the fourth, yeah. <laughs> uh, and doing some more one plans. chapter a stream until it's done exactly. every one year. Uh, but yeah, obviously, welcome and join me again, Richie. Yeah, probably. Will. I think it's a Wednesday this year, so we'll pick that one up as it goes. But yeah, big Star Wars fan right here. Uh, moving on, we have a, another film in the works that relates to the games we play, and that is in the form of Streets of Rage, Richie, uh, with the um, John Wick creator is actually doing it the classic 90s beat up street of streets of rage of course we have a first look up on the channel of streets of rage reach literally that's hard to say streets of rage 4 and uh it looks to be getting a movie so can't do deadline the upcoming video game adaption is currently in the works uh sega sega again just ticking over taking those old they IP. feel like sega feel like they're making the mo- making moves again like, they are they've been tick they've been so ticking over for years but now it feels like they're going you know what Let's go for it. I've just seen in the comments of this IGN article, like someone just saying, I want Golden Axe. I agree. I agree, Goblin Coon. I want Golden Axe. Go, the Golden mo- Axe would make a great like, adventure like film. The movie, just, yeah. Just lean in to like, make it a bit like, campy and just like self-referential, like very self-aware, and just give it a Taika Waititi. 
Taika Waititi makes a Golden Axe film. I want that to happen. Yeah, so again, we, we grew up with this. Streets of Rage, or the Sega Genesis back in like 1991. Uh, multiple multiple sequels and stuff. Until the third one, and then it just kind of ended for decades. Until we got four, which was... Uh, we had a great time playing it. New characters, new weapons, slightly new art style. Yeah. Uh, but yes, obviously the John Wick films are known for being like super punchy to the point, really sharp fight choreography and stuff. What would you like to see out of a Streets of Rage movie, Richie? Realistically, talking gangsters, um, great fight scenes. Yeah, I, I think going with the John Wick creators is probably a smart move because they can you can just lean into that. Because they're not. Let's be fair, they're not that kind of story heavy. No, it's not all really. just like he he's a setting. You're setting like it's almost like these like almost like seventies, eighties era punky style outfits and stuff, mm-hmm. just beating the crap out of each other. Just do that in a movie and go on with someone who created John Wick so you've got that kind of stylized fight choreography there. I think it's a good move. Yeah, take. Again, it needs to be a bit self-aware because it is a video game and it's not a game that's like big on story. So just just, just lean yeah. into it. Start us off, show someone get killed at the beginning. The, yeah. the protagonists, there's, there's got to be more than one, two of them team up. They're not happy. They hunt down mafia mob squads or criminal under yeah. under seedy underworld types beat up a bunch of people have a few cameos from people going like wearing the jacket or the girl with the whip and be like so viewers can go that's that person that's that thing have a police car come in and fire a rocket launcher randomly at one point because that's one of the yeah. specials a ring of fire around everyone boss fight all, yeah all, all this sort of stuff go go back to like the original cast of characters as well just just actually just extract any story that is out of the original game I just make that <coughs> as a movie. Yeah, uh, you love to see it. You love to see it. So uh, probably a while till we see that one as well. But I thought I'd throw that in there because uh, it's interesting. But yeah, Sega. The Sega Renaissance is upon us. Will we see a Sega Mega Drive anytime soon? A Mini? Now we've got Minis, I guess, haven't we? They've done that before. A, yeah, they've done. They've done it. <laughs> Cloud gaming, perhaps. White labeling, perhaps. Find out in SideQuest. I know side quest when we talk about the future of white labeling. Uh, but yes, uh, moving on as we round out the show, uh, let's touch on a little bit. Uh, Saints Row, we mentioned it last week. We don't know if it's coming to platform. Yes, yes, that tends to be the trend at the moment. Um, until we get told otherwise, though, we've got Saints Row games. We've got them on Pro. Uh, they did a showcase this week talking about customization of the game. They're now starting to peel back the curtain a little bit on exactly what this is going to entail. And this week's uh, showcase focused on customization. They went in depth about pretty much your character. You can make what you want. Cross-gender items, clothing, skirts, pants, shoes, hats, underwear, overwear, socks, anything like that. You can mess with the textures, the tints, your teeth. You could have kaleidoscope skin at one point, Richie. You can have brass. You can do whatever you want with this. I think the IGN um, article's title headline um, sums it up perfectly since raw customization will let you be a gun-toting fairy with nothing but an eggplant deco for modesty yeah that that does it do, do you need no more like no not ch- really if you need no more they did a full stream on it go check it out yeah indeed uh i saw some interesting things with weapons you can have like a, a umbrella that was a gun at the same time and yeah. it, it looks like they're really doubling down on instead of being zany and wacky with like aliens and such they're just going to go all out Grand Theft Auto style and just let you be whoever or whatever you want to be and have fun in this open world alongside a, a story at some point. I'm sure we'll get a story yeah. showcase 
as we come up on the August release date. And hopefully, hopefully, Richie, with the Stadia logo on it. Come on, guys. Give us a cloud map. I'm over here dying from COVID and you can't even give us a cloud map. I'm not dying, though, hopefully. Anyway, uh, as Richie said, go check out the showcase. There's plenty of interesting things to do with tattoos, hair colour, vehicle customization, weapons. This game's going to be absolutely crazy and let you play as whoever you want to play as. And Richie, aside from any crazy news that we segued into the middle of the show after post-recording, that is all the news we have for people this week. We've had pro game conversation. We've had future cloud game conversation. We had some Star Wars sprinkled in there. So let's round out the show with going over to our Discord server and doing some quick-fire questions with our lovely audience out there. And remember, you can write in for your questions to the show. Some of them get spun out onto a side quest topic. Some of them we keep here at the end. Um, what have we got this week from our lovely uh, writers? So we've got quite a few questions again. So people are writing questions in it. Um, which I'm enjoying. Um, Code Z writes in, do you think AA, AAA third-party developers focusing their time on getting the games cross-gen, PS4, PS5, Xbox One series, is hindering them into porting to Stadia? Once they have fully moved on to current-gen, would that improve the chance of these games coming? I think that's a great point, that actually, that as we make the transition from last-gen to current-gen, are developers just that stretched on focusing on getting to know the new tech? It's it's preventing them from spending time focusing on other uh, tech. And I think that's definitely... With with obviously COVID, the pandemic, working from home, and and as we know, these, these teams have been split across PS4, PS5, Series S, Series X, Switch, PC, all these different storefronts. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's no surprise. I honestly think that's a great point. I think I it think... would have hindered Stadia and Luna and other cloud gaming services because you've only got so many staff, you've only got so many times a day, you've only got so much money. Yeah. If you're always prioritised and then anything that takes away from Stadia See, is, yeah, I probably think this I, has had a big, big hit. I think, yeah, because a lot of them are focused on so many platforms, like things like Stadia and potentially even Luna, uh, more platforms to develop for. And Stadia, unfortunately, I think just, it, they just don't get the sales numbers to even mm-hmm. focus on at all. So I think a lot of developers probably look at it and go, well, once we've finished porting this over, we could look to port against the Stadia, but I think they're probably more inclined to jump onto the next thing. Yeah. Rather than spend the time porting the game to a platform where they're going to... It might, it might be profitable, but is it profitable enough compared to focusing on the next thing? It, it it depends. I think it depends on how the developer structured. If they have like a small porting team, mm-hmm. who's like your job is to take this, put it everywhere. Yeah. Then yeah, but I don't know. Yeah, I'd say it's definitely hindered them to some yeah. degree, but we'll we'll never know the truth unless there's like a sudden massive. Now, when everyone settles into PS Five Series X, if we see a sudden like boon all of a sudden, maybe. But yeah, again, we it, don't. We we'll never know what's going on behind the scenes. If yeah, I mean at the moment, if you're just launching on Microsoft and Sony, effectively developing for four platforms at once. Yeah. If you drop that down to two, then there might be a bit more space for Stadia and wiggle the way in. But I think I like you think it comes down to how much they expect to sell. Yeah. Well, we said on last week's show, when the developers make the move to like just next gen, where does Stadia sit in that? And you, you yourself have yeah. been a big. Um, 
big speaker of saying that you see Stadia is kind of like a PS4 Pro, kind of like it's that mid-range step into next gen. But eventually, yeah. all these devs will stop supporting PS4. They won't have games coming out on PS4. They won't have games coming out on Xbox One. Yeah. So then maybe you're right. It does free up that capacity to go, you know what? We're not developing for two additional well, systems. Let's pivot and I've, do Luna and Stadia instead. The, and we might see a surge. The caveat, the caveat is I see that as Stadia, the end user experience where the developers, they'll be focusing on like the actual Stadia hardware before it gets to the user. So... It might be a PS5 level performance mm-hmm. on Google's data centers, but by the time it gets to you, by all the compression and stuff, and the low latency like trickery they do, then it's dropped down in quality. So it's hard to know. But next question. Um, Kubopal17 writes, do you think focusing on a larger quantity of older games versus a small amount of newer or day-to-day um, games is preferable for Stadia's future? Ignoring the fact the obvious that it should be both. For example, would you take 20 games instead of 100 games this year where most are day, day and date with a good amount of AAA? I think the actually this is a less is more case, to be honest. If you could, if Stadia came out and went, the best 20 games that are not platform exclusives that come out this year you will get on Stadia, I think that's better than 100 games that most people don't care too much about. Yeah. I, I agree as well. I think you're completely right in saying, yeah, they, it obviously should be both at this point yes. through, on your third year of existence. But that's that's clearly not the case. That is evident in us not having five of the third-party AAA biggest games of the year out, just non-existent. Um, yeah. At the moment, I don't think we're getting either. That's the reality. Yeah, when getting... we, we don't have the good back catalogue. We don't have... like If we hadn't got Elden Ring... I mean, sorry, hadn't. We haven't got Elden Ring, but if we hadn't got them... And uh, Grid Legends and Lego Star Wars. Uh, what else came out this year, Richie? What other the Tiny Tina's uh, Wonderlands? Whole, yeah, if we've we did a whole side quest on like what games to expect. Yeah, um, if if we hadn't got them, but the library was filled with maybe the Bioshock trilogy was ported across, or the Arkham yeah. trilogy was ported across, or the goddamn Mafia trilogy was finally ported over, like <laughs> promised over a year fucking ago. That's- if that's a good point, it's, it, it wouldn't it be how as you, bad. How you fleshing out the library? Yeah. If you're fleshing out the library with like beloved games from yesteryear, like from the PS4, the best games on like the PS4, um, Xbox One era, yeah, you're just getting a hundred of them. That's not a bad year, to be honest. It's not if you can't afford the day and date stuff because that's um, part of the um, fill up the library. Yeah, this year we've largely seen so far the library filled with. Double A titles at best, mainly indies, and there's nothing wrong with these, but they're not platform sellers. And Stadia needs to have platform sellers. Yeah. Again, going back to the first question, I think the major thing problem with games coming to the platform is sales. Mm-hmm. If there's not enough people on the platform, developers are not going to sell. It. Sell yeah. it. It's this vicious cycle they're in. Yeah, I think any 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 part of a game from an older title it's it's got to be seen as just yeah. like long term like let's face it, if you ported the Bioshock trilogy over you wouldn't get many sales but I'd like to think it was a slow burn of people who buy into Stadia go oh the Bioshock oh. collection's there they'd, they'd pick up on it or how, something yeah I mean how many people are playing Stadia who've heard of the Bio, Bioshock games but never got into them and go oh this is a perfect chance for me to jump but in. exactly it's a new platform new new games new testing things out like how many people played the Tomb Raider trilogy after the fact that it came out but because it was like oh I can play it on my phone now I can play it on the Chromecast on okay. whatever and again let's remember a lot of these franchises have new games due out in the future 
if you do the groundwork now, get your Bioshock trilogy on Stadia right now. So when Bioshock 4 finally comes out, you've got people who are curious about the franchise to go, oh shit, all the three previous entries are there to play. I'll get them in the lead up to it and sales will come. Yeah. Yes, it will cost Google porting money, but they need to do something rather than just getting a handful of indie games because back to the question, we haven't got really either at the moment, but I think you know, you're all right in saying you need the big AAA games over the re- over the back catalogue to, to grow. You know what the weird thing is? You mentioned Tomb Raider and the Tomb Raider reboot series. I played the first one on PC. Uh-huh. I played um, Rise on Stadia and I'm most likely going to play Shadow on PS5. There you go. Mix <laughs> That's how platform agnostic I am. Mix like, and match. <laughs> yeah, it's mix and match. Mix and match. Ninja Guy X writes in, are you guys interested in playing the Outbreak series? Is it your type of game? Uh, I mean, traditional horror, we said earlier in the show, no. Yeah, we've kind of touched... No. Yeah, we've kind of touched on this already. It's like, we enjoy playing these sort of like games together, not individually. Mm -hmm. But, as the developer is going out of his way to bring it across, I know actually Ninja Guy X and John Scars, the stadium kicking off, they have an interview lined up with um, the developer who's been very outspoken, Dead Drop Studios. Uh, He's on the show this week. Actually, when this this episode goes live, they've already put the show out. So go check that out. You'll probably have a full breakdown of how his opinions are on Stadia, bringing the whole series across. We touched on it on last week's show. But yeah, several new games to the platform. Am I interested in to play? Yes, probably as part of a stream. Would I play it on my own? No, because I'm a scaredy cat. Ditto. (laughs) <laughs> Dandroid writes in, do you, do you think other people besides ourselves will ever look at Stadia's mainstream? Hopefully the hit towards Stadia subsides eventually. I don't see Stadia's mainstream, if I'm being perfectly honest. For something to be mainstream, it has to have enough following to bridge the gap. I think cloud gaming in general isn't mainstream yet. I think it will get there. Uh-huh. I hope Stadia is part of that when it, that, that inevitable tipping point happens where cloud gaming is part of the norm rather than this weird add-on to the gaming industry which it is at the moment yeah uh i'd say a, a decade at least until it's mainstream and it, yeah and in terms of hate um it depends because i think this diff- it's the difference between criticism and hate we're critical of the platform but we don't hate it there's some people have hated it right from day one want absolutely nothing to do with it unless they get a cheap clickbait title out of it mm-hmm. i don't think that will ever go away because it's there on every platform in every, not even just every platform, it's in every entertainment thing absolutely ever across the globe. Yeah. There's some people who just irrationally hate things. Yeah, and if you wanted to go mainstream, it needs to, like, it just needs that time and investment to basically, like, whittle out the yeah. competition almost. And we've said time and time again, if, if Google just really committed to this and, like, Amazon look like they are, you just got to play the long game where eventually technology, the hardware, the consoles become so expensive. Cloud gaming is, it's, it's the, the, for the majority of people, it's the only way to play these AAA games without dropping a lot of cash. And they have the infrastructure, they have the money in the bank to make this a reality. You just hope that the heads, the shareholders, the decision-making people at the top have the foresight to look at this industry and go, it's, it's increasing year on year on year it's growing exponentially we could have a slice of that cake if we just committed to it instead of bailing like Stadia could be in a very very different place now if Google had just put in the damn investment I think we all know that but yeah for it to be mainstream I think it's going to take a long long time and uh, I think you mentioned on last week's show Richie Stadia 
in general needs a bit of a refresh or like a relaunch to kind of get like shake the, it shake needs a the soft, rust a soft reboot off what the hell's going on yeah re-tweak re, re Pro in some way shape or form retweak your branding in some way shape or form and then just go all out and say like this is come out to let people know you're still here that you're not going anywhere yeah because you've been silent for like two years now yeah um, basically easy one outside of playing on TV where's your favourite place to play Stadia mine's easy actually I don't think I've played on my Chromecast in about six months I'm all, almost exclusively playing PC uh, PC for streams for me but yeah. I cannot deny the perfect pairing is my Razer Kishi and my Samsung phone mobile phone uh, mostly for FIFA doing a little you puzzle platformers if Sonic came if Sonic came that would be a great place to play another platformer. I I haven't used my Kishi in months either. But I, again, if Sonic came, it's weird because for my Switch, I exclusively play my Switch in handheld. Yeah, same. For Stadia, I exclusively play at my desk. PlayStation, I tend to mix and match. If I'm going like if this like if I'm going for a trophy that's particularly difficult or something, I'll go downstairs to my PS5 and play natively. Mm-hmm. But if I'm just kind of... Gr- when I was doing a bit of just grinding of the world stuff in Horizon, I was playing... I was using my PS4 to more play into my PS5 because then I could have be up here and have things like social media going on because I stick some YouTube stuff on. It's just... I can have a lot... I've got lots, I've got more screens here. I've got three mm-hmm. monitors in front of me rather than just one TV. Um, so this is actually where I, my preferred place to play is at my desk. Yeah, I don't play as much on the TV actually. I think I've got into the I've got into the mindset of my stadia setup is right here because like obviously yeah. we do hours of stadia content sat right here. So <laughs> it makes sense that this is my natural place. My living room TV is the PS5, my Switch is handheld, yeah. but FIFA and Castlevania Symphony of the Night and yeah, a little bit of Monster Boy back in the day so it's all been on the phone. So yeah, I guess it varies depending on game as well. More so yeah. than just preference. Um, Good question. Code Z writes, what do you think the chance of IO Interactive's then Bond game come to Stadia, seeing the Hitman trilogy is on the platform and will most likely be running on the same engine? Comes down to how, how Hitman sold on the platform. Is it worth the money to bring it across? Is Google going to give him a sack of cash? Yeah, um, I think it's... I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not optimistic. I'd love to see it. It should. Of course, we covered it on the show. The relationships yeah. there, they've got three games. Day and day, let's remember, Hitman 3 was the arguably one of the biggest games that launched last year on Google Stadia. Yeah, um, Hitman's an interesting thing because it was kind of dead in the water a bit as a franchise till they rebooted it. And then it's been growing in popularity over the last three iterations yeah. to now where I think IO Interactive, like, I think when they start announcing things properly for this Bond game, there's going to be a lot of eyes on this. It's going, you've been doing some good stuff there. For like, your eyes only. I, when it was announced there was a Bond game with IO Interactive, I don't think I had anything negative. It was like, oh, I can't believe they gave a Bond game to these guys. It just seems, oh, yeah, perfect that, fit. That's a good fit. Perfect fit, very interesting what you're doing. Indeed. I can't wait. I'm looking forward to it. Like, I'm yeah. a big fan of the Hitman games, but they're not the type of game that I'd like buy day one because of just the nature of the game. The story's yeah. a bit loose. It's kind of an open world. The very sandboxy yeah, nature Yeah, exactly. Like, that doesn't really do it for me. But if you give me like a solid James, like I'm a huge James Bond fan, so... Can't wait, can't wait. Um, but yeah, it should, will it? That's all dependent on Google, unfortunately. And finally, Phil Fabled Alpaca with his pit, no patented tongue twisters. Here we go. Right. Salmon writes in, and, 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 and asks Richie to try and say, 
Peter Piper picked a peck of pickled peppers. A peck of pickled peppers Peter Piper picked. If Peter Piper picked a peck of pickled peppers, where the peck of pickled peppers Peter Piper... Oh, I almost got it! (laughs) I almost got it. If you could have any any game remade on Stadia, what game would it be and why? Remade? Stadia. Oh, off the top of my head, I can't can't even think. I've been clambering that long for Bioshock and the Arkham games. Remake. Um, I'm, I'm get. trying to think. Do it. Idos Montre- Idos Square get together. We saw Gex Jr. last week. The 20 minutes of footage was leaked. Bring back a Gex remastered trilogy. Enter the Gecko, deep cover Gecko. Give me it. I know mine. I was trying to think of stuff before like the PS4 era because that era of games just holds up anyway. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't need to be remade. I'm going to go with Dragon Age Origins because it's one of the best RPGs Ooh. of all time. But looks like absolute dog shit nowadays. Dragon shit, some would say. And Bioware is is it is he Um, so it's actually possible. Anything's possible, Richie. Anything's possible. If you dream it, it can happen. <laughs> but that's it for our questions this week. Thank you to everybody who wrote in. Uh, remember, if you'd like to write into the show with a question to be read out, or potentially spun off into a side quest episode join our discord conversation in the link below or become a member because if you're a member we prioritize your questions because you support us that little bit extra from as little as 99p you can show me and richie and tom a little bit more love you get exclusive badges next to your name a bunch of other perks and more importantly access to side quest up to six days early the day we record it it gets rendered it goes live and you can check it out right there so when we go off and talk about cloud gaming star wars white labeling disney plus with a direct link to playing game on Spice stadia what You'll be able to hear about all that and talk about all that well before anyone else can. Don't forget, we don't like to gatekeep anything, so it will drop on free feeds eventually. We're nice like that. But we do also appreciate if you would give us a like, subscribe, and hit that bell so you're kept in the loop with all the content we bring you right here. As we said time and time again, we've got big plans for this channel. Always growing, always evolving, always changing. Lots of stuff. Hush, hush. It's all secret. Even our members don't know. It's true. Even Richie might not know. Even I might not know yet. But that's been it for episode 135 of the Sounds of Stadia podcast, your weekly show where we round up all of the gaming Stadia news for your listening or viewing pleasure. Richie, I made it. I survived. My throat's getting yeah. quite tickly right now, and I ran out of my drink about 10 minutes ago, and I, I'm starting to feel it uh, <clears throat> build up. So thank you to everyone who's persevered. Thank you to everyone who's watched along, everyone who's listened along on podcast services. You've been awesome. You'll find me at CyberChris2077. You'll find me at RichieC89. You'll find Tom at Adaxis LP. And all of the rest of the content, just search out Hades Cloud Games. You know where we are, up there in the digital clouds. And remember, folks, remember Richie, play wherever makes you the happiest. Have a great week, everyone. We'll see you on the next one. Goodbye. Bye.